Well, I want to thank everybody for being here. Again, my name is Aaron. I'm the lead pastor here. Welcome to Simple Church, where we love God, love people, and serve the world. So it's great to see so many of our friends here today. It, I had no idea that, uh, that so many of you would be here. And when I say that, I mean everybody that always comes to Simple Church. And then, of course, my C3 family, my City Reach family, my, I think, Now Church is out here somewhere, and then... Uh, Life Change Church is here and Legacy Church here. So many of our friends here today, uh, I, I guess uh, their, their churches are closed today. And uh, I didn't get the memo that we could be closed today, so we're here. So, <laughs> but, uh, but it's awesome that you're all here. Thank you so much for coming. Um, and, uh, and so tonight, or today, we are actually going to do a, a sermon series. Called, it's called More or Less. And uh, this is just a one message, one sermon. We're not going to do like a full week series. It's just a one-off. But in the next couple weeks, we're going to start a new one. It's called Jesus Is. And I'm really excited about that one. And hopefully you'll come back and you'll jump into that four-week series with us. And it's about how Jesus is just whatever we need him to be. Right? Amen? And, uh, And so I don't know how I'm supposed to get up here and preach after a worship service like that. Right? You know, my worship leader is just... Just killing it. I feel like I need to give her the mic and just let her handle it for today. She's doing a good job, so uh, awesome. But uh, and when Jesus starts moving in the middle of worship, it's great. I love it. Uh, so all right, so here's the, the thought this week from more or less. Uh, this is the, the one thing, the one tagline I want you to walk away f- with, okay? It's if we are made for more, then why are we settling for less? If we are made for more, then why are we settling for less? We all have voices in our lives, right? Voices that speak to us, that, that try to shape us and lead us. And I don't necessarily mean the voice that says, uh, that, that tells you to do the dishes, you know, check the stove. Walk the dog, check the stove. Get the mail, check the stove, check the stove, and then check the stove. I don't mean that voice. Is, nobody else in here is OCD like me? It's actually, I don't think that I'm OCD. It's just if you've ever lived with my wife, you know that she constantly leaves the stove on. And when it's a gas one, I swear she's trying to blow up the house. So... You know, calling, calling the, the fire department out to have them check for that is not always fun. But anyway, so in my house, that's, that's the voice that's constantly going in my head, right? Check the stove. Check the stove. We always check the stove. So anyway, need to make a mental note. I need to check the stove when I get home. But there are other voices in our lives, perhaps voices from the past, um, from, or maybe these are voices from someone we respect and love, or maybe they're from somebody that we despise. But these are all voices that are trying to direct our futures, right? Trying to direct our present trying to direct how we think. Maybe it's voices from our culture, right? Whoop, there goes my, my bag. That was wonderful. Uh, maybe it's voices from our culture, like, you know, the media, the music that we listen to, or the shows that we watch, trying to tell us how to think, how we should raise our kids, how we should love our wives or love our children. Uh, or maybe it's from our circles of influences, like our friends, right? Um, We all have these voices that are all clamoring to tell us who we are, what we need to do, what we need to be, how to live, and how to make decisions. I want you to take 20 seconds, and I want you to tell the person next to you an example of a voice from your life. And go. Do it now. Turn, talk. Go ahead. you got 20 seconds. Tell somebody an example of a voice from your life that maybe is trying to get your attention. All right, what are some of those voices? Just shout them out. Let's hear some. What's a voice? Your mom. That's right. Your mom. Your dad. All right. Who is it? Jermaine. I gotcha. My, your wife. That's right. Or my wife. Right. Anybody else? Yeah, don't eat the last slice. All right. Any other voices? What other voices are, are calling for your attention? God. Yeah. Anybody else? Work. There you go. 
Well, I would say that, that all these voices are basically in two categories, right? And, and each one of those people that you name could possibly be the voice of more or the voice of less, right? So that, that's the two categories. The voice of, of more is a voice that will pull stuff out of us, right? It believes in us. It's the voice that's going, come on, you can do it. You can do it. You know, it's that voice. That's, that's the voice. That's what I meant to do. Man, mess up my own jokes. That's what happens when I don't look at my notes. Man. But it's, it's somebody that pulls something out of you. If any of you ever had somebody in your life that just believes in you, it says, I believe in you. I believe that you can do more. I believe that you can go further. I believe that you can lift more, right? Or do more, go further, whatever this is. And for me, I'm honored today that my pastor is here today, Pastor Conan Stevens. Would you stand up just so everybody can say hi to him? This is my pastor. And, uh, and, and, and there are so many others of you in this room. I could go around the room and just, just list you off of people that have spoken to my life that have been the voice of more. But my pastor was the man who looked at me and said, you ever thought about being a pastor before? And I was like nowhere on the radar for me at all, right? But he spoke and he said, I believe in you. I believe you can do it. I get text messages from him. I believe in you and I believe in Simple Church. Somebody that he's my voice of more. My wife is a voice of more. Anytime I'm beating myself up, my mom, my dad, voices of more. I get text messages. I get phone calls. Somebody that's in my life that says, you can do it. You can do it. Don't beat yourself up. Don't get down. Don't get discouraged. You can do it. And so these are those voices for me. Um, sometimes it's a coach. Like, a, I, you know, I, I only played a couple sports growing up, but for you sports buffs, you had a coach, somebody that, that drew it out of you, or maybe it was a relative or teacher. Um, I had a teacher in particular who did, who did that for me when I was younger. He, he taught me that leaders are readers and said, you got to dive into books. And so I did that. And, and you know, he, these, these are the kind of people, like mentors or leaders, they always pull more out of you, more than you thought you could do, Right. And so um, our hope is, of course, that when you come to Simple Church, whether you're a believer, maybe you're a skeptic, or you're not convinced just yet, that first of all, that you feel welcome here, and second of all, that here you would hear the voice of more. We hope that when you come to Simple Church, right? And then, of course, we have the voices of less. Um, these are the voices that, tr- that crush our God-given dreams, right? These are the voices that say you can't. These are the voices that say you shouldn't. These are the voices that say that it's not possible. M- my teacher in high school always said, the man that, that says a thing can't be done should never stand in the way of the man doing it, right? And so we, we hear these voices that say you can't, you shouldn't. And it's always those people that say you shouldn't that want to get in your way, right? They always want to be like crabs in a bucket. They want to constantly pull you down. Is it crabs or lobsters? Lobsters in a bucket. I don't know. I'm looking at my wife, and she's she's blank face. She's got nothing. She's got nothing for me. They try to crawl out, and then another one pulls them down. Anyway, they're voices that remind us of maybe who we were, like in our past, or maybe what we've done, and because of those things that we can't do what we're doing today. If that was true, I wouldn't be sitting right here because of who I was and because of what I've done. And I think the same is, is, is for every one of you in this room. If that were true of who you were and what you've done, you couldn't do what you're doing today. Or maybe what was done to us affects us, and that's the voice of less for us. Maybe these voices of less come from those who don't want us to become more because it shines a light on them. It shines a light in their life and says that they could be doing more, and it challenges them, and they don't, they don't like that. That makes them uncomfortable. They're voices of discouragement, negative voices. They're Debbie Downers. Wah, wah, wah. You, know, it's, you know these people. It's like every time you tell them a dream, they're just like, yeah, nah, nah. You know what I'm talking about. Am I the only one? No, I'm not the only one. All right. They're voices of defeat. They say maybe you don't remember who you were or what you've done, what you've been done what's been done to you. And so which voice are we listening to on a regular basis, right? Which voice are you listening to? Or better yet, which voice is the only one that really matters to you? 
Which is the one that you're focusing on on a regular basis? There is one voice, and the only one voice that really matters should be God's voice in our life, right? God's voice is always the voice of more. When we talk about the two different voices, the voice of more or less, God's voice at times can get lost, but God says, I love you. I have a plan for your life. Don't give up. You can do it. I believe in you. You are forgiven. You're my child. This is what God's voice says to us. He says, I'm always with you. Do not fear. You know, when my kids go to school, they, they're going to hear all kinds of voices. And when you guys were in school, you heard all kinds of voices. There was peer pressure coming at you from every different angle. You knew what your parents said to do. You know what your teacher said to do. You know what the law says. But then you know what your friends are doing and what your friends are saying. And, of course, those voices are trying to pull you. Pull you along. Pull you into, into drugs. Pull you into smoking. Pull you into drinking. Pulling you into encounters you shouldn't be involved in as kids, right? There's all these voices. I worry for my kids. I worry for them. That's why I have to teach them. Listen, there are going to be all kinds of voices in your life, and you've got to learn to filter those out. Too many times we fall for the voices of less. But who are they? Who are the voices of less? They're flawed human beings like us. They're hurt people. There's a saying that says, hurt people hurt people, right? It's those hurt people that will try to bring you down. They will be those voices of less. Uh, we're going to jump into the scriptures real quick, and if you need a Bible today, uh, we do have a Bible for you. If you just raise your hand and let us know that you need one, we will put one in your hand. This is a gift for you to take home. Please take it home, write your name in it, write notes in it, do whatever you'd like. Just slip your hand up. We've got service hosts that have them for you, and we'll get them to you as quick as you can. Uh, but we're going to be in John ten ten today, and the verse says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So here's the voice of less. That's the thief, right? And the less is steal. Somebody takes something from you, you have less. Somebody kills something that you love or someone that you love, you have less. To destroy, you have less. These are all the voices of less. But here's Jesus saying, but Jesus came to give us life and give it to the full. And God's voice is always the voice of more. So if we're made for more, why do we settle for less? If you were made for more, why are you settling for less? I think the reason that we do is because oftentimes we don't position ourselves to hear that voice of more, right? We aren't listening to it. And when I say positioning, like, um, I, I don't know if you know this about me yet or not, but I'm a bit of a prankster, okay? I like for, for those of you that have been hanging out here at Simple Church, you've heard some of the stories and, and how I jump out and scare people and the pranks that I've pulled. Well, I, I'll tell you one that I do on my kids on a regular basis, and I've been doing this since they were younger. Um, and, uh, and we go to a store, and my kids, they like to lead the expedition. Anybody else have kids that like to lead? They want to get out in front of you. They want to explore. They want to, oh, Dad, look at this. Oh, Mom, look at this. Look, 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 look. They want to lead you towards the, the toy section always. You know what I'm saying? And so I let my kids go out in front of me. And they would usually, the, the problem is, is they would get too far. And so I decided that the moment that they got too far, that they couldn't see me or hear me very well anymore, I was going to dart off down an aisle. And that's what I would do. And I've been doing this ever since they were like, just, just walking, right? And so when I did it, when they were first walking, you know, I would duck behind a little, a little clothes rack and I would watch them. And Tyler would just, he would turn around and he would see that I was gone and he would just kind of look this way and that, instant tears. Blah! And I'd come running out from around and I'd tell him, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, it's okay. But I continued to do it because I'm either mean or a jerk, I'm not sure. But I continued to do it all through their lives. And, and so what, what they learned was is that they needed to position themselves 
to not go too far away so that they could see or hear me, right? And nowadays, if I dart off behind, a, behind a, a rack, I have to dart and hide like really well because there's three of them, right? And they're 11 and 10. And these guys, they break up. They break up and they start looking for dad and try to find me. It's really hard to go against three kids. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, but the point is, is that they, they now position themselves. They don't go too far away so that they can hear me. So that they can see me, eyes on dad at all times, because they know what's going to happen. They know they're going to lose me. Now, as they've gotten older, that's not such a big concern for them. But as kids, it was. And it's, it becomes the game now. So anyway, uh, <clears throat> in the same way, let's be honest, we know when we are walking away from God. Right? We know when the activities or the things that we are doing is not positioning us in such a way that we know what, what, what Father God's saying. Right? We know we're, 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 we're not aligning ourselves, we're not close to him, and we can tell when we're drawing close or when we're doing things like our, our, maybe our attitude, it, maybe it's our actions or our thoughts, push him away, right? And, uh, and we know because we haven't positioned ourselves to see or hear him. So what voice are you listening to, right? The voice of more or the voice of less? Let me just say this, that truth believed as a lie will not affect us as truth. In John 8, 31 through 32, it says, To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. In other words, if you live it out, you are really the disciples of Jesus. And when you live it, you know it, right? Because you're free, and that truth sets you free. But if you don't believe that truth, if you think it's a lie, it has no effect in you. You have to believe it. You have to live it out. And so every day we either live out more or less. And many of us live out self-defeating prophecies every day. And in Zig Ziglar's book, Over the Top, he even goes so far as to say, write out like a personal like prophecy or a personal, I don't think he calls it prophecy. That's not very mainstream. I think he says it's like a personal declaration, right? And write it out and you're supposed to read it over yourself every day and say, I am this, I am that. Because you're reading what you're going to be for that day. But too many of us, what we read that day or what we believe that day is something that is self-defeating. Like, I can't do that. I won't be able to do that today. I, I've gone too far. I, haven't, I, I won't be able to accomplish that. And we live out lies there maybe that have been spoken over us, maybe by a family member, or by a friend, or by the media, something, something as if they were truth. These lies, we believe them. And so those voices of less in our lives are harmful, defeating words, right? That maybe they're from a parent, from a loved one, a friend, or even from ourselves and from our own thoughts. So not, not only will a truth believed as a lie not affect us as truth, but... A lie believed as truth will affect you as truth, right? If you believe a lie, it will affect you as truth. There's a, there's a great story about Harry Houdini, and you got most of you guys know I'm a, I'm a magic buff, and so uh, uh, Harry Houdini was a great magician. But he, what he was known for even more was his escape acts. And Harry Houdini would go, he would travel the country, it wound him up with the FBI, with the CIA, with Scotland Yard. He went all kinds of places because he was an escape artist. In other words, he would escape from prison cells and shackles. He said, there's not a prison cell you can build that can hold me. And it was true. Cities would build them and bring him in to test them, to test for their weaknesses. And Houdini would escape every time. But the funny story is, is that Houdini had one prison cell he could never escape from. And do you know what that was? was one that was never locked. He couldn't figure out how to pick the lock because it was never locked. 
When you lock a prison cell, they would pop and then the door would swing open. All they did was shut it and they told him it was locked and he's working and working and can't get it open. Now, I don't know if it's a true story or not, but it fits with the sermon today, so I'm rolling with it as truth. (laughs) That's how we roll. But I've heard it so many times over the years that it has to be true. Right, David? It has to be true. It has to be true. David's a magician, too. He's, he's concurring. That's, that's, that's two or more witnesses right there, folks. <laughs> but Houdini couldn't get out of it because he believed that it was locked, right? And that's the same thing for us. When we believe that lie, we trap ourselves there. It's false. It's not real. The door's not really locked. But we believe it is, and so we stay locked where we are. We stay in that imaginary box or that imaginary cell. We don't get free because it, it cages us in just like it did Houdini, right? And, uh, and we live out that lie. And we don't even do it intentionally. Sometimes we live down to the lie of less and, and never reaching our God-given potential. And it's unfortunate. And there's no way to really rid yourself of these voices of less, but you can choose which one you listen to, right? You can make a conscious decision of which one you're hearing. The voice of less has to be buried. It has to be drowned out with the voice of more on a regular basis, that voice of truth. When you think about it, every person in the Bible, every great person in the Bible came up against a voice of less, right? Um, You think about David. Here's David. He's a shepherd boy, right? And his brothers have gone off, and they've gone out to war, okay? And his dad, Jesse, says to David, he says, David, and David's just a kid, okay? He's just a kid. He says, I want you to take some supplies to your brothers. And so he goes out to the battle lines, and and he delivers the supplies, and he runs into Goliath. It doesn't like, you know, he's not like walking down the hallway at school. Hey, Goliath, how you doing? Goliath is out on the battlefield, and he calls out to him, and he starts cursing God, and he's challenging the whole Israelite army. And David looks and says, what are you guys going to do about this? And his brothers laugh at him like, what are you going to do? You're just a kid. What do you know? You're not a warrior. Go back to the shepherd. Or go back to the, to the sheepfold. Okay? And so there's the voice of less. And then, of course, David winds up in front of King Saul. And King Saul, now the Bible says that King Saul was head and shoulders, or a head taller than everybody else. And so Saul should have been the one that was probably out there fighting Goliath, right? But he wasn't. He was scared. He was in his tent. David finds him there. And so King Saul's, he's the voice of less for, for David as well. Doesn't believe he can do it. Doesn't even feel like he's equipped to do it. So what does he do? He puts him in his armor. And David's like, I can't wear this stuff. I can't do it. I'm equipped just fine. And then David goes out on the battlefield. And what does Goliath do? Goliath says, I'm going to break your bones and feed you to the birds. The voice of less telling him he can't do it. But David didn't listen to the voice of less. He had a great triumph that day because he listened to the voice of more, which is the voice of God. David took a stone. You guys know the story, right? David took a stone, put it in his sling and slung it at Goliath, hit him in the head and then pulled his own sword out and beheaded him, killed him. Great victory that day. The victory he shouldn't have had. But had he not listened to the voice of more, he'd have been sitting in a tent or maybe back in the sheepfold and just been David instead of David. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so the, the voice of more is not always the loudest voice uh, either. And, and so uh, let me go back one second. The voice of less is always contrary to the voice of Jesus. The voice of Jesus will always be more, Right. More of him, less of me. It's always going to be more. It's always going to challenge you to grow. It's always going to challenge you to be more. And so the voice of more is not always the loudest voice. Oftentimes when uh, you're distraught and have a major issue on your hands or a decision that you need to make, you'll have all kinds of voices trying to weigh in on the matter, right? All kinds of voices telling you what you should do. But the most important one, God's voice, 
hasn't been heard yet. And sometimes it's hard to hear amongst all the clatter and the clamor of YouTube, of TV, of your text messages, of your cell phone ringing, uh, of your emails, your friends, your family, your kids. We've got so much that is pulling for our attention, is pulling for that voice, to be that lead voice, to be that, I don't know, maybe an idol, is trying to lead you somewhere. And so it's no wonder it's not easy or that God's voice is not always the loudest voice that's heard. But you've got to shut all those voices down. You've got to get alone and just sit quiet sometimes to hear the voice of more. The voice of more is always is not always the clearest voice either. either. Many times the voice of less are coming across loud and clear. We can hear them clearly. Like when I've got a situation on my hands, I know what my wife is going to say about it because my wife is going to tell me. I'm going to hear it. It's going to be clear. I know that voice. And I'm, going to, and I'm, going to, I'm usually going to listen. And I'm going to say, yes, ma'am. That's what I'm going to do. But the voice of more sometimes can't be deciphered out of the noise because we aren't sure which one is the right voice, right? In other words, we don't recognize it. We can't pick it out from amongst all the other sounds. In John 10, 2 through 5, it says, But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. So here's a shepherd. This is a description of a shepherd. The shepherd spends time with the sheep. And I don't mean a nine-to-five kind of thing. When you're on a shepherd job, you go out and you spend time with the sheep. You eat with the sheep. You sleep with the sheep. You hang out with the sheep. If you're by yourself, you're probably talking to the sheep as well. You know what I'm saying? And so the sheep know your voice. They know you. And so it's very easy for them to pick it out. It even says that when someone else talks to them, they won't follow that voice because they don't recognize it. Right? And so Jesus is our great shepherd. It's one of, one of his descriptions, one of his names. It's, he's our shepherd. And so we have to know his voice. But you can't know his voice if you're not hanging out with him. If you're not spending time with him. You can't know his voice. It's not easy to pick out of the crowd and all of all the voices that are trying to get your attention. Maybe your parents. As parents, you know, when your kids cry, you know that. You know which ones. You can be, there can be a room full of kids and everybody crying and everybody making a noise. But as soon as your kid cries... You know it's yours, right? Because you know their voice. You even can tell by the way or how high, maybe how, sh- how shrill it is. Or maybe if there's like a, like my kids, man, when they really get hurt, there's like an initial, ah, and then there's this long, ah, you know, it's just like this moment that they just, they, they're holding their breath and then letting it out. Nobody else's kids do that? Just mine. All right. Mine's unique. And so I know my kid's voice, though, because I've spent time with him. I know his cry. I know, when it, I know when it's him. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so God uses lots of things to talk to us on a regular basis. But actually hearing from God isn't so much, so much a matter of whether he's talking. It's more a matter of whether we're listening, right? And the voices of more will always line up with God's voice. And, and how can I tell if God's talking to me? That's a great question. How can you tell? Well, here's how to hear the voice of more. And, and who's, here's who God will use as his voice of more. His word. In order to actually hear from God, we have to know some things about God's character, right? We have to develop an understanding of who God is and the way he does things. Unfortunately for us, all of that information is available in the Bible. It goes into great detail about how you can expect God to react, what he expects from you, right? And, and most specifically, how he expects us to treat other people. In Hebrews four twelve, it says, For the word of God is alive and active. It's alive 
That Bible, that book that you hold in your hand is alive and active. It has power in and of itself. You say, but it's just words on a page. No, it's not. There's life in it. And it has the power, and it's active. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. God speaks loudly through his word. Sometimes you ever read one of those verses, and you're just like, oof, I wish that wasn't in there, right? It's just because it shines a light maybe on your sin or maybe on a weakness in your life, maybe in an area where you need to repent. It's difficult, and you go, man, can I just cut that out or maybe get some some correction fluid and just kind of white it out so it's not there so we don't see it? Maybe I can write a word that's that's a little more pleasant, you know? Instead of words like abomination, you know. <clears throat> but the word of God is living and active, and no one that I've ever met has screwed up their lives by submitting their lives to the scriptures. I've never met anyone that said, well, you know, I've been doing this Jesus thing, and it's just really messed up my life. You know, it, it's, just, it's just not going to happen, right? You don't hear that on a regular basis. If that's your testimony, here's a clue. You're doing it wrong. Okay, you're doing it wrong. That doesn't mean you're not going to come, that suffering's not going to come with it. Persecution, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have faith and that you're not going to need grace. You're going to need all those things. But if you really, if Jesus has messed up your life in like in a bad way, you're doing it wrong. We need to talk. So schedule some time with Pastor Aaron and we will, we will work that out. Okay, I love you that much. I do. All right. So God's word is God's will. And I believe more people would hear his voice if they would stop asking him to say what they want him to say and spend time focusing on what he's already said. Here's the second way you'll hear God's voice, through the still, small voice. Most of the time, God uses a tiny voice inside us to let us know when we're not on the right path, right? You can call this your conscience if you want to. Maybe it's the voice, but it's more specifically the voice of peace, Right? It, it just, you have this peace inside and you just know that this is the right thing. Uh, wherever we're contemplating something, we don't have peace about it. It's a very good idea to stop and to carefully look at the options. The reason you, there's a reason that you don't feel peace about something. There's a reason. And you need to think about that. You need to pray about that. Now, hear me. I'm not saying that the circumstances or this, that the situation will always be peaceful. I'm, even the Apostle Paul prayed for God's leading, right? And wherever you go, there will be tests and trial. But Paul still had peace in the middle of those trials and those tribulations. He found a way to be content in the middle of all those things. And so there's that still small voice, and we can find that peace too. Third way God will speak to you will be through other people. Many times God will use other people to try to get through to us, right? Somebody will come up to you and say, listen, I'm feeling this for you. I, I was in prayer about you, and I, I, just, I, keep, I keep feeling this in my heart, and I'm just going to say it. And when somebody does that to you, it's your responsibility to know that, that it should always be the voice of more, and it should line up with the word of God. Furthermore, it should always line up with what God's already telling you in your heart. Somebody comes up to you and says, hey man, uh, I, I'm feeling like God is telling you to uh, take me to lunch today. If that doesn't line up with you, if that doesn't line up with your heart and what God's telling you to do, then that, that, that's, that's not God talking, right? That might be some bad pizza they had last night, you know what I'm saying? I, where I, I, I've had that happen before. People would come up, and I was I, when I, I used to go to church when I was younger. I would wear a suit and tie, and and uh, and th- people would come up to me. I had a, we had a lot of college kids that I hung out with when I was in my twenties, and uh, they didn't have a lot of money, and so they'd, they'd come up and go, "Hey, the Lord's telling me that you should give me that tie." And I'm like, "Oh, I don't know. You're listening to the devil today. That is not that is not Jesus." 
but uh, but anyways, that so when I was growing up, that that was that was a lot of fun. But but the Holy Spirit is saying, um, we'll be speaking to you through other people as well. He'll give them a word for you. And again, that word should just be a confirmation of what's already in your heart, what God is already telling you. And sometimes it'll be crazy because you'll have like this feeling. And, and it'll be like, I need to do this, but this is so odd for me. This is so strange for me. And then God will confirm it with somebody else. Anybody ever had that happen before? It's just amazing when that happens, when God lines up all these things. And they come to you and they go, and you can always tell, because they're like, man, this, this is so weird. And I have something to tell you that's not going to make any sense. And you're like, uh-huh, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it, Jesus. Let's go. And they tell you, and it's like, yep, yeah, I knew it. This is what God told me the night before. And you guys get to have a little party and, you know, and never mind. Holy Spirit party. But if it's truly the voice of more, it will never contradict God's word, right? Fourth way God will speak to you will be your church. I've, had, I've, had, uh, I've said to many pastors or speakers that I've listened to, and even people have come up to me after services and say, well, you were talking to me today. They'll even tell me, they'll, they'll even tell me like, Aaron, you were looking right at me today. Now, let me tell you something. If I'm looking at you, when I say something that just strikes something, a chord in your heart, I promise that it is just coincidence on my part. I am not sitting here and going, I know this word is for you, right there. It is not happening. But let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit will use that to get your attention. And sometimes those words are for you. He's nudging you. He's gripping your heart and saying, that's for you. And there's a bell that rings inside and says, yeah, that's for me, right? Truman, there's a, a young man named Truman and Donna that come here to this church. A few months back, I was preaching a message, uh, a message that we'll, we'll come back to and eventually do a series on, but it's called The Walking Dead. And as far as the calendar goes, The Walking Dead was supposed to have been a few weeks later. But for whatever reason, God spoke to my heart and I changed the date. I didn't know Truman. Truman was coming for his very first day that day. And he shows up at church and he comes up to me after service and he says, you have no idea that message was for me, and this is my church home from this day forward. And I said, whoa, what? what? And he began to tell me the circumstances behind it. He got up that morning and said, I'm going to go check out this church, Simple Church. He said, God, I need you to speak directly to me. And there, there was just some very significant things that I spoke on that morning that were just for him. And Truman's been here ever since because God used something he heard in service to speak to his heart. The fifth way is our circumstances. Sometimes the only way God can teach us something is to allow us to go through something. But the important thing you need to remember is that you're going through it, right? Amen? It's not a place that you're going to have to stay. You may have to go through some trials. You may have to go through some things that are uncomfortable for you. But God is going to use those things to possibly bring something to the surface of your life that you didn't even know was there. Maybe some buried bitterness or some unforgiveness or some sin in your life that, that, that has been unrepentant. You didn't even know it was there, but you go through the circumstances and you feel it. And you're like, oh, God, what is that? And he begins to reveal to you what it is. And then through grace, mercy, and prayer, you release that to him. God will speak to you through your circumstances. Oftentimes he'll give you a word that is not just necessarily for you, but he'll give it to you for somebody else. You'll go through something. I've seen so many times, so many of you, the tribulations and the trials that you have gone through, your loss and, and the, the things that have broken your hearts. I've watched around this church as people have used those situations that they've gone through and how God has healed their lives and touched their lives to reach out to people that are going through the same exact thing and to be a blessing to them, to encourage them and to pray for them and to say, I know what you're going through because sometimes that's all you need. Somebody to say, I know what you're going through. 
And so God will use our circumstances to speak to us. And some of us are just hard-headed, right? And it'll take these tough circumstances to get through to us. Or, and sometimes some of us are just simply not listening. We're just not listening. Some of us may be living out the voice of less and would continue to live that out unless something drastic happens to us, unless something horrible or, or, or dramatic happens in our lives to shake us up and wake us up to what God wants to reveal in our lives and what God is saying to you. So God may be speaking through our circumstances. Some of you are here today and you say, well, I'm not hearing his voice. Really? Let me ask you something. When's the last time that you did hear his voice? When's the last time? Because if God spoke to you last and told you to do something and you didn't obey, he's not going to give you something else to do, right? My kids come up to me in the mornings, you know, they're supposed to be getting ready for school. Dad, can I, can I, can I do this? Can I play on my PlayStation? Can I play on my, on my device, on my iPad or my iPod? Well, did, 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 you, did you brush your teeth yet? Did, did, is your hair done? Have you eaten breakfast yet? Are you dressed yet? Like, these are the things that I tell them to do every morning. Well, well no, I'm not going to give you something else to do. Go do what you know you're supposed to do first. Go do that. So many of us heard God tell us to do something many years ago, maybe months ago, weeks ago, days ago, hours ago, minutes ago. I don't know. God is telling you to do something, and you're ignoring it. You're bypassing it. And he's not going to give you something else to do. You're not going to hear a fresh word or a fresh anointing until you obey. Sometimes we just have to obey that thing. Go back to where you were heard it before. Whatever it is you were doing before, if, if you just aren't hearing it because you aren't spending time in worship or you aren't spending time in the Word, well, if that's where you were last hearing it, maybe it's not an obedience thing. Maybe it's just you're not positioning yourself to hear. If you need to do that, get back into your Word. Get back into that sweet hour of prayer. Maybe you need to get up at 6 in the morning or an hour before you're supposed to get up. Maybe you need to do that. I don't know, whatever it was for you, wherever you heard God's voice last, go there. Do that. Make a decision today that the only voice that you will listen to will be the voice of more. Stop listening to that voice of less. You and only you choose what voices you will listen to. You are your filter. You choose. You choose. Personally, I'm going to take an opportunity to tell you something today. I'm going to take an opportunity to declare a voice of more. I, uh, it's coming to the year's end, and so I've been going over our numbers. I've been number crunching. I've been going, all right, how many people have been coming? What have we done this year? And when we look at all that Simple Church has done, we launched in May of this year. And when I look at all the outreaches we've done, when I looked at how many lives have been touched and how many people have come, how many T-shirts we've given away, how many people have been in these doors, how many kids we've had in these doors. Good Lord, we have a lot of kids, and I love it. Praise God for it. And how many people have, have committed their lives to Jesus? How many people we baptized? When I look back at that, we have 36 people give their hearts to Jesus this year. That's no small thing. That's an amazing thing. And that's only just the people that we've been able to count, right? 36 people, we baptized five people this year. We don't have our own baptismal. We usually go out to C3 or to one church and we baptize people when we can. But this year, as I'm looking, I'm like, all right, now I know where we've been. It's time to talk about where we're going. It's time to say, this is what we're going to do. And as I'm writing out the vision, as I'm writing out what I believe God is going to do in 2014 at Simple Church, the voices are less. I've been fighting all week. No, you can't write that number. You can't do that number. That number is too big. That number is too small. Everything from left and right. So I'm going to take a moment and I'm going to tell you what I feel like the Holy Spirit is leading us to say. 
leading us to set as goals for what we're going to do this year. I'm going to believe the voice of more. And I'm going to publicly declare it. It's going to be on our podcast. People can listen to it anywhere and everywhere. And they're going to hold us accountable and say, did you do it? Did God do this thing? And I believe that he will. So I'm going to tell you in 2014, we had, we had 36 in 2013. 2014, we're, we are believing for 75 people to give their hearts to Christ. When we had five people get baptized this year. We're going to go for 35 people to be baptized this year. I don't know where they're going to come from, but I know that God is going to speak to them. And maybe those numbers are too small, but I know that God, my God is the God of more. And I wouldn't be surprised to see those numbers doubled or exceeded or excelled in any way. In any way. But I look at our facilities and I look at what our team and where we're going. We're also, folks, we're going to two services in 2014. Maybe the end of January, beginning of February, we're going to two services, and this is where God is taking us. And I've been scared to say those words. I've been, I've been listening to the voice of less and going, man, no, we're, we're comfortable where we are. We're okay. This, this is all right. But in 2014, we're going to follow the voice of more. So I want to challenge you. What voice are you listening to right now? I know it's my voice, but I mean, <laughs> what voice in your life are you listening to? Is it the voice of less? Or is it the voice of more? Has God given you a dream that you've abandoned? Maybe you've set it aside for a year or a few months, or maybe it's been a long time that you've set this dream aside. What is it? What voice will you choose to listen to in 2014? Maybe you've been battling an addiction for so long that you, you need freedom. 2014 can be your year. Maybe, maybe you've had a broken relationship. Maybe you and your spouse are estranged. Or maybe you and your, a family member. And that relationship's been broken. You've wanted to, to restore it. You've wanted to see God do something amazing there. But you've been listening to the voice of less. Maybe that's you. And if it's you, I want to tell you, you can listen to the voice of more. You can go for more. Why are we settling for less when we were meant for so much more? When Jesus was getting ready to leave, he said, I'm going to go. But he said, I'm telling you, greater things than I've done will you do. Greater. That's more. And I don't know if you've ever read the Bible, read the Gospels, and read all that Jesus did, but that was a lot of amazing things. And for Jesus to declare that you will do greater than what I've done. Are we living that? Are we living that life of more? Are we listening to that voice that says, you will do greater? Or are we listening to all the other ones that are pulling us down and keeping us from doing that? <clears throat> I would like to ask that you would join us in prayer for our more in 2014. To join us in prayer as we pray over the vision of this house as we go to two services. To pray over the souls that we want to see God bring into the kingdom this year. And souls and lives that we want to see changed by the gospel. I would invite you to join us in prayer. As you pray throughout the week and as you pray, pray for us at Simple Church. And I will pray for you. If you'd like prayer for your more, take out your connection card right now and write something. Write, this is my more, and write it on the back of your connection card. Drop it in the offering bucket as they come around. My team and I will be praying for you. I will join you in prayer. I will join you in that voice, in your pursuit of a voice of more in your life. Because God has designed you and created you for more. Don't settle for less. So if you write that on your connection card, drop them in the offering buckets. We'll pray with you. This time I'd like to take a moment. I want to pray for you. 
So everybody bow your heads, close your eyes. You know, maybe you've been listening to that voice of less. Or maybe you've been listening to the voice of more, but you've been ignoring it. Or maybe, maybe you are the voice of less in someone's life. And God is tugging at your heart to repent. This may describe any and all of you. And if you're here today and you want to say, Aaron, you're talking to me today. In whatever way that means. And you want me to pray for you. There's no heads, nobody looking around. Everybody's got their eyes closed. Would you just raise your hand and let me know so that I can pray for you? Aaron, you're talking to me. I need to listen to the voice of more this year. I've been listening to that voice of less. Or maybe I've been the voice of less in somebody's life. Thank you. Father, I thank you for this gathering today, for such a beautiful day to get together. I know it's rainy and cold outside, but we got to have all that stuff so we can appreciate the beautiful days. Thank you for those that have come today, for my friends, for those voices of more that are in this room that have spoken into my life and into the life of many others here too. Father, I pray for these. Lord, there, there may be some that, that need to repent, and I pray that as they repent, Lord, that your grace would fill their lives, Lord, that you would show them Show them how they're being that voice of less in someone's life and how they can be a voice of more. Lord, that that relationship that may be broken because of that, Lord, that you would restore that. Lord, for those that have been listening to the voice of more but have been ignoring it, Father, I pray, I pray that you would let that voice ring loud and clear in their hearts, that you would draw them into a place where they can hear it clearly. And Father, that that whatever is distracting them, whatever is drawing them away from you, Lord, that they would develop disciplines to be able to set that aside, to pursue that voice of more. For those that have been listening to the voice of less, I pray, Lord, your voice would be loud and clear in their hearts. Lord, that as they read your word, that you would reveal yourself to them. Father, as they attend church and as they they hear sermons and they hear messages, Lord, that they would walk away with something that they can apply to their lives and be changed by the power of your word that is alive and active. I pray for my friends here, Lord. Strengthen them, Lord. Strengthen them for the coming year. Strengthen them as they make resolutions to be different. And change them, Lord. If you're here today and you have never crossed that line of faith, maybe you came in as a skeptic today and said, Aaron, I'm not sure that Jesus is real, but there's been something pulling at my heart. Or maybe you've given your heart to Jesus at one point in time and you turned your back away. You started listening to a, another voice. If that's you and you want to make that commitment today, you want to say, Aaron, I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want to come back. I want to follow that voice of more. If that's you, would you raise your hand and let me know that you're here? I'd like to pray for you as well. Father, I thank you. I thank you for everyone that is here. Lord, I pray strength. I pray peace for those that are in the middle of trials, that are in the middle of difficult circumstances. But Lord, I pray that your voice would be heard for them in the middle of those circumstances your voice would be known. I pray strength for him, Lord. And blessings, God. In Jesus' name, amen.
If you need prayer for anything, a specific need in your life, you can write it on the back of the connection card. Or there are people that are standing in the back of the room. They have badges on it. Look just like this one. Of course, their name's not Aaron. It'll be something different. I'm going to give you just a moment to connect with them and receive prayer. And then we'll close the service today. But I want to thank you. Thank you for my friends, for my family, for my mentors. For those people in this room that have been the voice of more in my life. I love you and I appreciate you. And know that I'm standing here and this place exists because of you. So thank you for that.